Welcome to an all-new episode of SJHL Weekly on a pretty chilly day here in Saskatchewan. My name is Jeremy Corrigan. Thank you so much for joining us across the SJHL social media platforms. We have a busy, busy show today, to say the least. We're going to be joined by the head coach and general manager of the Weyburn Red Wings, Cody Mapes, later on the program. But lots to get into after a busy, busy weekend. But before we do, we have to give a big shout-out to our sponsors, Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Cantera Seed, RBC, Sastel, SGU, Direct West Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Tourism Saskatchewan, and Young's Equipment. Thank you so much for your support, because without your support, these shows would not be possible. And it's time to bring in our co-hosts, Jamie Nugabauer, Rory McGoran. Fellas, how was your weekend? Rory, how was yours? Wild. Wild. Was it the craziest well, Saturday so far across the SHL? I think so. uh, There was a lot of games that, I mean, we're really excited to break into mm-hmm. our weekend recap, but... Yep. Uh, yeah, I want to give a shout out to first everyone that head over to the World Junior A Challenge. Big of course, time. Braden Klamosko, uh, coach of the Battleford North Stars. You got Holden Dole, Jeremy Trombley, Ethan Zilke, and Zach Summers. So best of luck to all five of you uh, at the World Junior A Challenge. For sure. Nugsy, how's your weekend? You're yeah, on the road. Uh, uh, yeah, on the road. Got to see what all the fuss is about with the number one team in Canada. <laughs> What'd you see? The, the, well, the, they're good. Yeah. They're really, really good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, just you know, good to good to get on the road. Uh, meet a couple new players that the Hounds brought in, and yeah, just lo- great uh, hotel there in uh, North Battleford. The Battleford, what's it called? The uh, anyways, whatever. Great hotel. Good hotel. Love good that hotel. hotel. And uh, yeah, just just a good time to be had. Got home and and had uh, some wild. Wild uh, changing diaper changing times with the kids. All right, moving on. There you go. Uh, before we get into the re- weekend recap, though, we did promise oh, yeah. uh, World Cup recap. Let's hear it, Nuxi. Mm-hmm. What's what's the latest in the World Cup? What's going on? Yeah, so tough uh, way to end for Canada. They played well in the second half against Morocco in the last game of the group stage. The Canada didn't advance, uh, but you know the cream rising to the top now. Anyways, England is going to play France in the quarterfinals. That'll be fun. I think we're going to see Brazil, Argentina in the quarterfinals. That'll be tasty. Assuming Brazil beats Korea, going on right now, and uh, yeah, so it, it's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But Canada goes out with uh, a little bit less of a sour taste in the mouth, I guess, given that the way they really. They pushed Morocco in the second half after after a really bad first and a bad performance against Croatia. So, you know, they learned a lot. They made some big mistakes uh, for Canada. But, uh, yeah, hope hope you all enjoyed it. <laughs> if, any, if anyone's curious, there's no SJ notes or show notes on Nugsy's computer. No. It's the World Cup it's right the now. World it's Cup. Brazil versus Korea is happening. He's watching it behind the scenes. So any excitement, <laughs> it's coming from that. Woo! There you go. And that has been kicking it. With Nuzi. Uh Time to get into the weekend recap. Uh, a busy weekend, nine games, or ten games to get into, rather. So let's start with Friday. The Flin Flon Bombers earning a 5-2 win over the Melville Millionaires. LaRange, 5-3 victors over the Weyburn Red Wings. A dominant performance by Balford, winning 6-1 over Notre Dame. And the same can be said for Melford over Yorkton, winning 7-0. Then on Saturday, it was a wild night, like Rory kind of mentioned. LaRange with a 3-2 win over Estevan. Humboldt with that 7-6 victory over the Weyburn Red Wings. A 5-2 victory for the Yorkton Terriers, bouncing back over the Flin Flon Bombers. Kindersley getting back in the win column with a 2-1 shootout win. And Battlefords winning a thriller at the Northern Lights Palace 5-4 in a shootout over the Melfort Mustangs. And then the week wrapped up yesterday with the Nippon Hawks third win in a row and third win in a row against the Melville Millionaires. 4-2 at the cage in Nippon. 
Before we get uh, to Notre Dame and Humboldt, guys, though, I, I think for me, I would like to start, let's start with Melford and Battleford. I mean, these two teams have battled it out, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> for all four games they've played this season. And it was another thriller at the Northern Lights Palace, Rory. Yeah, six goals in the second period uh, between those two teams. What is Melford going to take away from all these games against the best team in the country when they hit the playoffs, mm -hmm. knowing that they've gone 1-1-1-1 one, 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 and one, picked up points in three out of four games against Battlefords? I think that's huge for the Melford Mustangs, who are playing the best hockey of the season. And we got to continue to talk about Zach Summers. Mm -hmm. Kids on a seven-game goal streak. Of mm -hmm. course, he's going to miss a few games uh, throughout the tryouts for the World Junior Championship, even more after the Christmas break if he makes the team. Right. Uh, but he has 17 points in his last seven games and is on a seven-game goal streak, which is the longest one this season so far in the SJHL. So Melford's uh, doing everything right, and I think these games against Battleford are just going to lead into more confidence heading playoffs that they're right there. 100%. Another shootout, uh, a shootout and picking up a point. Battleford's, of course, getting it done, though. Sure. Yeah, seven-game goal streak. Goal Make sure streak, that yeah. sinks in. And yeah. four of those games were multi-goal <laughs> He's 11 games. goals in seven 11 games. goals in seven <laughs> games. Yeah. And that's the confidence you want going to the World Junior Challengers in 04. Yeah, I mean, big-time kudos to Melford. Obviously, again, you talk about the depth of Battleford's, too. Holden Dole was held out of that game in Melford after playing against Notre Dame uh, to great effect. And, and so he'll, you know, head into the to the World Junior Challenge also very confident. Uh, he had, you know, three points in the game against Notre Dame the day before for Battlefords. But yeah, Kean Bell, you know, five straight multi-point outings for him. 11 of last 13 games, multiple points for Kean Bell. Like that is dominance. It is over a period of time, and you're, you said it. I mean, going into the playoffs, going against anybody from Alfred, and you know what? Don't want to toot my horn, but in our preview show before the season, I said very strongly <laughs> that Melford was going to be an absolute wagon. It took them a you time did. to get there, and uh, they have arrived in the health of uh, their goaltending, Joel Favreau and James Venn, spelling each other as much as possible, I think is the key. And, uh, you know, so far... You know, lately, again, Belfort's been impressive. Well, we had talked about it, I think, early on in the season. We expect we had all had high expectations for the Belfort Mustangs, but now it's a case, I mm -hmm. think, where they finally got some consistency in their in their game, and now you have points in eight straight games, mm -hmm. and they're they're ascending up the standings. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And we asked this question off air, which what team do you think would be the most the biggest thorn in the side for the Battleford's North Stars? Yeah. The first round, you know. Estevan's in sixth right now. They'd have to drop all the way to eighth. I right. mean, I don't think anyone's passing Battlefords with the run they've been on. No. Nope. But you look at second-round matchups, and if Melfort, you know, are, are they going to upset someone, finish it into the playoffs in fifth, in fourth, right, and then Battlefords will line up in the mm -hmm. second round? That's a team they don't want to play. It gets very interesting, uh, to say the least. But uh, we have more games to get into. Let's go to Humboldt and Weyburn on mm. Saturday, Rory. Uh, you were telling us about how wild it was at the CPP in Weyburn. Was it as wild as the score sheet says? <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, I mean, the only thing that trumped the six-goal outburst in the second period was the seven-goal outburst in Humboldt and Weyburn right. in the middle frame. Yeah. Also in that second period, uh, the glass in the corner shattered because Cage Newins and a, one of the Weyburn forwards that was forechecking down inside right. Humboldt's territory uh, got tied up, went into the boards. It looked like on the replay when I was looking at it with Nick Nielsen, their broadcaster, that Newins's skate went up and hit the glass. Oh, which, okay. And it's not plexi there no. at the CP. No, it's it real is glass. Not. Yeah, so is. that shattered sure into a million is. pieces. Uh, then they had to find a piece that fit. It was about a 40-minute delay. So the game actually lasted. I wrapped up my broadcast 
It was three hours and 55 minutes wow. from start of broadcast yeah. to end of wow. broadcast. Wow. But it did, on the ice, include a game that had 7-6 for the Humboldt Broncos, a notorious building where they just haven't been able to win over the last mm-hmm. five years. Only two wins in Weyburn over the last five years for the Broncos, which when you look at where the teams have finished in the standings, you would be right. like, well, that's odd, right? They just had bad luck at that building. A little bugaboo. So Weyburn opens up a 2-0 lead. They go back up 3-1. Humboldt ties it 3-3. That's 4-3 Weyburn, 4-4, 5-4. Weyburn, 5-5, all in a matter of three and a half minutes. Absolute anarchy. Uh, I think Hayden Dunford wants the game back because Humboldt outshot them, I believe, 54-22. to So six goals on 22 shots. Not right. the greatest, but that's an offense that if a goaltender's struggling, they, he can have confidence that um, you know, their offense might be able to outscore a couple problems that persist throughout the game. And on the Weyburn side, I mean, Ty Mason was elite, mm-hmm. another three-point game. Riley Morgan, how about the pickup by him? Mm-hmm. And that top line with Turin, Mason, and Morgan was a problem for the Broncos all night long. For sure. And the thing is, going back to the Dunford comment, is at the end of the day, a win's a win, right? Whether a win's a seven, win, yeah. Whether it's 7-6 or one nothing. Shep Hoister also, the goaltender that Weyburn picked up recently, I believe it was his fourth game. Uh, unbelievable. He had a, a, a standout game for Weyburn and really kept them in it to the last second. And we'll talk to uh, Cody Mapes, yeah. head coach and GM of the Weyburn Red Wings later on in the show. We can ask him all about his new additions. Nugsy, uh, mm-hmm. two games on the road for the Notre Dame Hounds, one out of a possible four points. Uh, what's your weekend recap for the Hounds? Yeah, I mean, they went into to, to North Battleford, and I think anybody going to North Battleford these days got to be feeling like it's kind of like you're on the back foot to start with. But it was a relatively even first period. You know, I have to say, you talked about uh, Schufferster, you know, despite giving up, what was it, seven goals there? Yes. Playing amazing. Uh, same thing for Notre Dame. Johan Tremblay-Cow was absolutely remarkable absolutely remarkable made some unbelievable saves it could have been a lot worse than six to one so he made a bunch of good saves and it was two one late in the second period I mean the Hounds scored a shorthanded goal a guy that uh, you know anybody who's been around the Junior A Hounds program the last while would know is the ultimate ultimate teammate in Davis Sato who who just couldn't you know he missed he only played four games last year due to injury you know came back this year and 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 uh, and he's been good just when he's out of the lineup it's a big miss even though he only had three points or four points or so coming into that game and finally scored so really happy for Davis to do that in Battlefords but yeah what a what a team what a wagon <laughs> the Battlefords North Stars are another three assists for Jake Southgate and it just felt like they were on an odd man rush all night long. And then the next night, you know, I was talking to Rory a little bit about the stats for Notre Dame mm-hmm. in back-to-backs, and it's not pretty. The Hounds have played seven games when they played a game the day before, so either back-to-back or the third and three like they did in the Northern Swing. And they're 0-5-2. and two. They've scored seven goals in those seven games, only got two points in the standings, and given up 27 goals. So mm-hmm. back-to-backs have been a, a problem for the Hounds. You know, they outplayed Kindersley big time. Cody Jamin is proving to be one of the elite goaltenders in this league, he, he made 42 saves, stopped all nine Notre Dame shooters in the shootout. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Logan Linklater is really making a big impact up in Kindersley. So kudos to the Clippers for finding a way to win. Uh, the Hounds probably deserved it, but you deserve what the st- the scoreboard says, <laughs> and, and that's the bottom line. I love the way you put it for the Battle for North Stars, that when you go into that building, it's like yeah. you're starting on your back foot, yeah. right? It like is. You're already uh, behind the eight ball when – 
yeah. when you play in the Battlefords in Battlefords, which is why when they're leading after the first period, they're 17 and 0. All their losses, which have come in extra time, mm-hmm. have come when teams have gotten a good start against mm-hmm. the North Stars. You let them take over in the first five minutes, Gonzo, you're losing, done. Yeah. So uh, for Johan Johan Trombley Cal, pardon me, to keep Notre Dame in it for as long as he could was a great performance. But again, mm-hmm. it's just like you're you're treading against the current when against yeah. the Battlefords North Stars. It's hard to swim. And yeah. only one blemish for them at the ACC mm-hmm. in Battleford against the Melford Mustangs That's right. in the shootout. Uh, the busiest team, though, this past week was the LaRange Ice Wolves. Four games and five nights. Uh, we always talk about when these road trips happen for any team across the league, how important they are when it comes to the standings. And once again, the LaRange Ice Wolves go down south, yeah. and they win three out of four games. Another impressive weekend, I would say, for LaRange. Yeah, go ahead, Newsy, because you saw them, of course, throughout mm-hmm. the week as well. Yeah, you know what they uh, we I said we said on the show right like we said you've shoot it to, proved it at home that you are as good as anybody at home. 100%. Can you leave the Mel and do the same thing, you know? And they they did it right. They won three or four, you know, with the the little blemish there, the shutout uh, in Estevan. But uh, Dawson Smith again as a lead of a goaltender in this league, you know, he's he just keeps winning and winning and six game win streak for him. Uh, he just he just wins, you know, by nook or by crook for him. I was thinking about, you know, sometimes he'll let in a goal, two, three, but he always makes the save LaRange needs when they need it. And, uh, yeah, like, the, they, they went into Wilcox. They hadn't played for a while. I think the Ice Wolves were a bit rusty. Uh, and the Hounds pumped about 43 shots on Dawson Smith and, and probably outplayed LaRange. But Dawson Smith, you know, the big difference. And, and the Ice Wolves got a power play goal in, in overtime. But... Yeah, I mean, interesting, and then uh, and then there was obviously that controversy in Estevan with the hit by uh, by Blake Ecker and Bratton on uh, Ilya Chimilevsky, but then Chimilevsky gets up the next game and scores a goal and an assist for Estevan. But yeah, I know what big time kudos just to wear up ourselves around here, right? Larange, we asked if they could do it on the road. The guts that they have at home is is showing itself on the road too, and. LaRange with their fourth game in five nights. You mm-hmm. mentioned you touched on Dawson Smith, how well he played their mm-hmm. three wins. Dawson Smith was in between the pipes. And Dawson Smith is where we will find our Tourism Saskatchewan highlight of the week. But he got the puck back out to uh, center ice. Yeah, I'm not sure how that pass got oh. to Pangura. That was incredible. Look at this, a three-on-one for Estevan. Pangura, saucer pass. What a save by Dawson Smith with the right pad. He robbed Logan Ziegler. What a save for Smith. His- and that's just a prime example of how good Dawson Smith has been this season. Dawson LaRange. Smith and Topher Chirico as well. Jamie yeah. hit it when they played the Hounds. 43 shots for the Notre Dame Hounds. Well, I mean, LaRange Ice Wolves have given up the most shots against out of any team in the SJHL. Mm-hmm. Is a little bit of that due to the Mel? Their home... Can be. Yes, it is. It is, <laughs> yeah, for 100%. sure. Uh, you see high shot totals in the Mel yeah. all the time just based off of how kind of small and confining and wiry the boards are. Mm-hmm. Uh but they allow a lot of shots, so they need their goaltenders to be as good as they have been, or else they wouldn't be, uh, you know, arguably the second best team in the SJHL. Yeah, and that save that we just showed was uh, a game saver for sure, because that was when uh, the LaRange Ice Wolves yeah. had a 3 2 lead in the third period against the Estevan Bruins. And obviously, they were looking to try and uh, get some revenge after that shutout uh, on Wednesday. Uh, let's move on, talk a little bit about a tough weekend for Melville. You know, we talked about it last week on the show. They had five out of out of six out of a possible points uh, the previous week, but then this week, you got you get you get essentially get zero you get zero points. Three straight losses: Nipwin, Flin Flon, Nipwin. It's tough to get any momentum going uh, for Melville when you know something like that happens. Mm-hmm. But a, a really rough weekend for them. Do, 
the concerning part is that it was all against Nipwin, a team that they need points against, right? Big like, time. Yes. Well, game game yeah, for right their there last the four losses that's were the, against Nipwin. That's yeah. the kind of deflating part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, for, they 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 also played faced uh, faced Flynn Flon, right? And, right. And in that one, I got to give Kenneth Markhart a ton of credit. The kid oh, he was had, outstanding. The kid yeah. hadn't played in a month, Rory, mm-hmm. and he made forty six saves on the road against a team that we all agree, the Melville Millionaires, that have plenty of offensive mm-hmm. talent. And he had an assist. And he got an assist. Had an Forty-six assist. saves for an 05 <laughs> birthday goalie yeah. that hadn't played in a month. Like that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Markhart, like put your like you deserve a round of applause. The the goals that uh, Melville scored, by the way, Ethan Anstey, two goals in two minutes, the former Flynn Flon bomber for Melville, both on the power play and a good response and a huge celebration in the second goal. If we could, uh, if we could have a highlight for uh, just real for just for Sellies, he put a huge Selly out there. <laughs> um, pretty cool for Ethan Anstey there. But yeah, I mean, hey, if you ask uh, Mike Rooney, Rory, you know, we both have talked to him lately. Like for him, like if they did, if the, he felt like if the Mills didn't have bad luck, they'd have no luck at all lately. And yeah, tough, tough for them. For the, for the Melville Millionaires, what they got to address is their starts, and I mm-hmm. think Mike Rudy knows that. Mm-hmm. They're outscoring their opponents so far throughout the year in second and third periods. Their first period, they're being outscored 38-12. to 12. So right. they're just yeah. not getting starts, and, you know, with the parity in the league that we always talk about and the competition, if you're down 2 nothing in the first 10 minutes mm-hmm. consistently, mm-hmm. it's hard to win games. Mm-hmm. So you got to fix your starts for Melville for sure. Now, on the flip side of that, the Nipwin Hawks have now won three straight thanks to three wins over the Melville Millionaires. And if, guys, we could pull up the standings on the screen, they have now... Caught a little bit of space between some of those bottom yeah. teams because now they're 12, 12, 1, and 1. They're two points ahead of the Notre Dame Hounds, and now they've slowly start to climb into uh, seventh spots in the SJHL standings, and they're 7 and 3 in their last 10. They're starting to really play some good hockey. Well, and you look at the game in hands, too. I mean, if they pick up majority of points in their four games that they're behind mm-hmm. Estevan, they're leapfrogging up above Estevan, and then, you know, they would Melford, but Melford also has those those games in hand against Estevan as well. Nippon was a team that we both said this early when we've seen them in the SJHL season. They were good. They just didn't put it all together. Yeah, and right. they were allowing too much goals. Well, now they have two different goaltenders <laughs> in Jackson Fellner and uh, Lowen Kenyon, mm-hmm. who from the Battleford North Stars last season had unbelievable numbers. A little bit of a smaller stature goaltender, right. but doesn't seem to phase him at all. Uh, Nippon's doing what Melville didn't do this past week. They are beating teams that they need to beat. Right. They're picking up points against Kindersley. They're picking up points against Melville. Yep. They are 500 in, tor- in terms of point percentage. Against every team in the league, that's not Battleford, Flintfall, and Humboldt. So that's big for Nipwin. That's huge. The craziest part about them is that they haven't even played Melford yet. They're, yeah. they're division <laughs> rival. They haven't even played yeah. a game well, against each other so, yet. So I, I agree with absolutely everything you're saying, Rory. The, the caution, the scary thing, mm. if you're a Nipwin fan, is the schedule. Yeah, I just looked at it right now. <laughs> it it's is crazy. murder. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Like They beat the teams that they need to. Yeah. Big time kudos. Love the way uh, Tad Cozen has that team playing. I really enjoy watching them. I honestly do. Battlefords, Battlefords, LaRange, Melfort, 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 LaRange. Yeah. That's that's their schedule. The, Mel- the <laughs> four against Melfort are split by the Christmas break. Just yes. like, it's not Melfort, Melfort, but yes. But yes, still, like, it is, that yeah. is two murderous. Wrap it up and and two so if Nippowin's for real, this is going to prove it. Then there this you is go. Prove yeah. it. So. And the thing is, Melfort's obviously playing so good right now. So it'll be uh, yeah. those two games before Christmas are going to be outstanding between the two teams. Um, you kind of mentioned um, with Kenyon coming in now for mm-hmm. uh, the Nipwin Hawks. Obviously, we passed the December 1st 
uh, yes. cut roster, cut down deadline. There was lots of moves, uh, which, of course, if you want to stay up to date with any of the moves uh, that happens, uh, you can head to sjhl.ca for the full list. However, we're not going to go through every single trade because uh, there was quite a bit. But when you guys look at all the moves that happened December 1st, what kind of stood out to you guys? Rory? I think the one for me is Riley Morgan um, because of multiple reasons. If people are not familiar, LaRon Geisel's trade, Riley Morgan, Mm -hmm. uh, and I believe a sixth-round pick to the Weyburn Red Wings for a PDF, two draft picks, and two rights to list players on Weyburn's list. Correct. the price was big yes. for Riley Morgan, but this was one of the most touted guys right across Canada that was on the wire, right? Um, over a point per game for LaRange. The other interesting aspect is it is that it means Weyburn, who's now, I did the calculation, the oldest team in the SJHL. They started off as one of the youngest. They're now the oldest. Mm-hmm. Is not going anywhere, and they're saying, hey, we see the playoff race. We're going re- to bring in some more ammunition here, which I just love to see. Right. Because they're not selling knowing that they're, what, seven points out of the playoffs or five points behind Notre Dame. Uh, they bring in Riley Morgan. They slot him up more sort of chemistry to build with Ty Mason and Mateo Turin, but it's just a coach and Cody Mapes who's saying, hey, man, we're going to fight towards the end here mm-hmm. and let's go get a guy we paid a high price but l- l- let's do it because he's a great player and we'll add to Weyburn so let's see if it, it pays some dividends I think it sends a good message to your locker room 100% like, yeah, that, yes hey you know what it. guys we are going we want to be yeah. in the playoffs yeah. this year well, uh we're not you know we're adding right now yeah Nukes, well playing? yeah it's the opposite last year right like we yeah. talked about they traded every every veteran away yes. last year and I don't know like I don't know if people in Weyburn didn't like that or what but you know what uh <laughs> It gave them the pieces to, to, to put the pieces together that they have now. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to hear what Cody Mapes has to say about you know, what message specifically mm-hmm. he wants to say to the team, the organization as a result. Um, if I'm going to jump forward yeah. to, to uh, you know, so Kyle McIntyre, the commissioner of this league, desperately, mm-hmm. desperately wants Saskatchewan kids to play in this league and stay here. And fair enough, like mm-hmm. we have elite players that are constantly leaving our league and we have a million people in our province. That's a problem, right? So the LaRange Ice Wolves are playing a big part of that, right? Yeah. They're getting so they brought in Mason Buker, who, you know, like was as good as anybody yeah. last year in U eighteen and he was outstanding for Warman. And then they got the the best, maybe the best, the high the leading scorer for sure in triple uh, A last year. And Jacob Cazette brought him in uh, from the AJ as well. The Spruce Grove Saints, by the way, not a bad team at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wasn't doing badly at all for them. Uh, but you know, very great on uh, on uh, on the uh, Ice Wolves and and Kevin Kaminsky to to bring these kids in, and as if the Ice Wolves didn't have enough forward depth, now they have uh, Buchert and Kazette, and uh, you know I saw Buchert play against Notre Dame. I think he'll once he gets up to speed, he'll be a top top rookie, a top top young player in this league. Kazette, I think, will be the same. But man, the rich get richer for Larange in the forward core, man. Well, oh man. Correct me if I'm wrong, but these are both players that were originally Larange property yes. anyways, yes, right? Correct. And then went to the AJHL. I think they both have played for Larange. Yes, they, 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 yeah. I mean, Bucher was drafted, yeah. and Cassette is from uh, he's, he's from Aaron. He's, he's a local lo- locally yeah. protected, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So to bring him back into Larange, a team that obviously has championship aspirations, yep. and then to get some of your homegrown talent back, those trades are awesome. You love seeing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I guess finally, before we go to break, when it comes to the December first cut down deadline, and for anybody at home that doesn't know. That, that's not the trade deadline. The trade deadline is January 10th. Yes. Winners or losers from December 1st cut down deadline? LaRange. Uh, I, I think winners. big winners. Uh, yeah. I want to see what the new piece in, in Estevan can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we knew he was going to bring it in, but teams aren't done yet. Like you no, said, no, there's no, going to exactly. be a roster freeze, which yes. uh, I can't remember the date, but it's in during the holiday break. It's coming up soon. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, 
I believe it's the December, December 10th. 10th. Okay, the, so, yeah. the 10th. And then it'll open back up after the holiday break where coaches will have about a week yeah. to kind yeah. of figure it out. But they'll be like, <laughs> yeah, the whole time. <laughs> as, soon as, as, yeah. Yeah, as soon as it reopens, yeah. Yeah, as soon as it reopens up, there'll be, they'll be uh, like, lots of Nuxie, what about you? Yeah, I mean, you know what? Like, again, I'm going to get a, you're a homer message again. But look, like Isaiah Peters... Bringing him from Drumheller, I think, was a huge add. I think he was a guy that a lot of BCHL teams had their eye on last year, the captain of a right. very good U18 program in Fraser Valley. Uh, and uh, from your beloved uh, Walnut Grove, British mm. Columbia as well. And just an unbelievable kid. And I think, you know, Mateo Speranza adds a little bit more grit up front too for Notre Dame. But, you know, with the injury to Vinny Palmerine after he took a, a puck to the face against LaRange, you know, and who knows how long he'll be out for. Notre Dame desperately needed a D-man. And to be able to add like a top four for sure, uh, maybe even a top pairing D-man like Isaiah Peters, uh, you know, right now, I think is huge. You know, he's not the biggest guy, but he, he he's so steady and, and he has more offense than, than he's shown so far. But I, I really like that uh, move by uh, Brett Pilkington. And then, you know, I think Yorkton, again, needed another kid. They got Ashton Funk from Blackfalls, who's have, who has having a very good year, um, you know, got, got him for, for Louis Vrais and, and a PDF. So, you know, I think Notre Dame and Yorkton desperately needed quality D-men. Yorkton and Notre Dame both got a quality D-men. So good for them. What I'm gonna what I'm gonna say also to to wrap it up is, what did the bar just get set at for because of Kevin Kaminsky and how much he got for Riley Morgan, mm. for within the SJHL people are gonna be like who have a piece right that they mm-hmm. are gonna ship out to another SJHL team. Well, that's what Riley Morgan garnered. It was a lot. So mm-hmm. it set the bar at an extremely high price that negotiations are going to be interesting between teams if they're trying to pluck another SJHL player and keep him in the league. It does. It makes it very interesting. But we got to talk to uh, one half of the man who made that yeah. trade. Yeah. Uh, head coach and GM of the Weyburn Red Wings, Cody Mapes, will join us here on SJHL Weekly right after the break. This is SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. Welcome back to SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. It's Rory, Jamie, and Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining us on a uh, chilly day here in Saskatchewan, but it's time now to head to the video chat line where we're pleased to be joined by head coach and general manager of the Weyburn Red Wings, Cody Mapes, and every coach's conversation is presented by Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association. Cody, thank you so much for joining us today. How's it going? Good. Thanks, Jeremy. How are you? Uh, we are doing great. Just staying warm and uh, talking hockey. I guess first and foremost, Cody, after 10 days off for your hockey club, uh, three games this week, what did you make of your team's play? Uh, you know what? We're, uh, we, need, we still need to be a little, a little quicker here. We're, uh, we're kind of coming off that, that flu that seems to be hitting everybody here. And uh, we've, we've seen it in our, our pace of practice. We've seen it in our pace of games and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, today's, today's a little bit better, but um, you know, I think you, anybody who watched our games on the weekend wasn't, uh, you know, wouldn't have said that's the team that they've, they've seen at home here all this year. And so um, you know, we through that and the reality is it doesn't matter at the end of the year in the, in the win and loss column, there's no asterisks for uh, you know, when you're going through a tough time. And so we got to find a way to battle through that. And I think, uh, I think today's a good step in the right direction. Cody, from a coach's perspective, what did you think of that wild game on Saturday against Humboldt that was just back and forth and no team wanting to give an inch or giving up when the momentum kept swinging in other teams' favor? 
Wow. You know what? That's yeah. That's one of the, uh, the more wild ones I've seen for sure with, uh, you know, even the long intermissions and the, the glass breaking. And I think it was, uh, it's probably close to a three and a half hour hockey game. And, um, you know, that was the, the condition we were in. I thought, uh, that probably allowed us to, to stay in the game a little longer, but you know, we've got, we've got some guys that we believe are, uh, are, are game breakers now that, that can keep us in those games. And, you know, it hasn't been the, hasn't been the reality of, of the last you know three years that I've been here where we can probably outscore some of our problems. And I think right now that that is, uh, that is the case. If, if we run into problems where we're giving up, more than we'd like that we do have a group that uh you know can can outscore some problems right now and so i I think that was a little bit of the case on uh on saturday night there where you know our guys that are have that offensive ability you know took advantage of some opportunities but you know at the end of the day you you're you're probably not going to lose many games when you score six but you're definitely not going to win many games when you give up Mm -hmm. seven so Fair enough. Good, good analysis there, uh, Cody. Uh, see, you're repping the Rainbow Rockets. I thought maybe you'd rep a different team that you used to play for, but uh, the Notre Dame Hounds <laughs> Junior A, of course. So they don't know those don't know Cody and Jason Taternik, the two coaches in the league. Anyways, we move on. Uh, the uh, roster freeze deadline just happened. Obviously, the big news: your acquisition uh, of, of Riley Morgan. You know, I got to ask you, what is what message do you think a trade getting a guy like Riley Morgan sends to your locker room? sense to your organization and the Weyburn community as a whole? Well, like I said, I think we've, uh, you know, our forward group has always been, you know, one or two guys shy of having a really, really good uh, 12 that can play every single night. And I, I think now, you know, you look at, Jackson Hasmans are technically our third line center right now. He's got 11 goals. Um, and, you know, we've got, we've got some depth in that group now with, you know, adding Riley Morgan and adding turn and stuff like that. And I, I think the message in the room is that, you know, there's uh, there's no complacency here. There's no, you know, 10th isn't good enough. Ninth isn't good enough. And you know what I, I, uh, you know, eighth is eighth is okay to get in the playoffs, but that's not our goal. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we give ourselves the best opportunity to, you know, win a few rounds of playoffs. And so I think everything that, everything that we've, we've built through here, adding, uh, you know, guys like Jordan Edwards and Manette and stuff like that, a little bit of uh, goaltending depth. It, it's all been, it's all been with the question behind it that, you know, in a seven game series, is this guy going to help us? And obviously a guy like Riley Morgan is, uh, he's one of those game breakers that I talk about. And so, but I mean, guys like Max Manette and uh, Edwards and Turin, those aren't guys that I would want to play against in a seven game series. They make us, uh, make us a pretty tough group and they make us, uh, you know, a group that can play with some pace and, and over seven games, you know, guys will know, guys will know who those, uh, who those players are at the end of a seven game series. Cody, just to follow up with that, you acquired Riley Morgan last week. So how did you see his game in his first two games with the Wayburn Red Wings? And how has he fit in with the team? Well, you know, first and foremost, I mean, he's got guys here that he's played with before that he kind of grew up with and stuff like that. So that always helps. Um, you know, it's funny. He's, he ends up with four points on the weekend and, and I still think there's way more. Um, you know, he's, he hadn't played in probably three weeks and, uh, you know, he comes in and like automatically him and Ty Mason have uh, some pretty good chemistry there. And, um, you know, but I, I do think and, and turn coming off his suspension that lasted a week longer than, uh, than it was supposed to. And so, I mean, there was two guys on that line that, that hadn't played in three weeks and they, they put up some good numbers. Um, you know, there's, you know, they, they've got to be a little more defensively responsible at times, but at the same time, you don't want to uh, turn those guys into checkers either. They're, what they have is pretty special. And so, um, you know, we're pretty excited about uh, those additions. Uh, you mentioned, you know, that what that 
trade and the acquisition you made have done to your forward group up front, you know, especially when the intensity rises after the Christmas break. Can you give us a little insight on the goaltending picture? Because what I saw from Matt Shephoister was that this is another guy that can take over a game and win games for the Weyburn Red Wings. But uh, just how do you kind of foresee the goaltending battle? You know, Eric Kale, Daza Mitchell up in Weyburn, now with Shephoister's in the mix as well. Yeah, you know what? Like it's uh, we've got a little bit of a little bit of a rotation going here, but at the end of the day, if uh, if one guy takes the bull by the horns and uh, and is going to run with it, and he's going to play, I think we've got three capable guys here. Um, you know, I, I think we've seen them all play well uh, at different times, and you know, Eric's going to get a start at home here finally, uh, probably this weekend. Um, so that's that'll be good for him. I mean, we've as a team we've had road problems, and he's you know, all of his starts have been on the road. And, and so to be able to get him a game at home where generally our boys play a little better and uh, play a little quicker, that'll be, that'll be good. So, um, and you know what, I mean, Daza Mitchell is, you know, he's shown in this league that he can be a, a 920 plus goalie. And, you know, that's what we need. We need somebody to, uh, you know, take the bull by the horns and run with it. Yeah. I want to ask you about Ty Mason and, you know, obviously, we all forget. He feels like he's been around a while. He's still a 2005 birth here. So just talk about your prog- his progression and, and how high the ceiling is for, for a kid that, you know, he's skilled, but he's also, like, nails. And obviously his dad was a tough, guy, tough dude in this league too. But uh, just talk about Ty and the pro- progress you've seen in his career the last couple of years. Oh, if you go from fall camp to fall camp and what Ty Mason became, I mean, he, he forced our hand as a 16 year old where, uh, you know, he wasn't really, wasn't really in the picture to start. I mean, he was going to be a, maybe a bubble guy or something like that, but I mean, you know, scored in every, every exhibition game at five points in the red and white game. And so, I mean, he really forced our hand as a 16 year old. And I think that was, that was more of a tell that we would have even known that he wasn't going to be, he wasn't going to be turned away. And I mean, now he, you know, he gets rewarded from, from his teammates with, uh, you know, having a letter on his jersey now, and um, but I think that speaks to how highly his teammates think of him. Um, but his his skating ability, the the ability to to push the pace, um, you know, is is pretty special. Uh, I think he's he can always always improve a little bit on uh, you know his his forechecking ability and and being able to steal pucks from guys in in that area. When the puck's on a stick, he's going a million miles an hour, and, and uh, you know he's forcing he's forcing 19, 20 year olds to keep up with him and and causing uh, you know other guys, other twenty year olds on the other team causing them problems. And uh, it is true that you know you kind of do forget that he's only 17 and um you know there's i think there's a lot of good things to to come for ty but it it all starts with his his grit and his determination and uh you know his his progression over the last year and a half has been uh, something pretty special i think Cody, you got four games left before the holiday break for the weyburn red wings obviously i think you're you'd be happy with the with the, uh, the effort and the play that the Weber Red Wings have been having as of late. The game against LaRange, you're arguably the better team. You could have took up the two points in Humboldt, right? Now you got four more games to kind of set this train into a success place where the intensity will ramp up in January. But are you happy with the play? And what would you like to see in the final four games? Uh, you know what? Like, I, when you give up when you give up 12 goals in, in two games, uh whether the efforts there or not, mm. it's 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 tough to tough to be happy with it. Um, I do think there was there was some good things. 
Um, but moving forward here, we, uh, you know, we got to lock down, uh, lock down our D zone and stuff and, and be better without the puck here. But, um, you know, we're, we're excited about the next stretch of games. They're not even, you know, three of four at home here before Christmas, but, you know, I think it's probably about 15 of our next 20 are at home and, you know, we got to, you know, we got to make hay while the sun shines mm-hmm. here. So, um, you know, that's going to be a good stretch after those 20 games is probably going to be a pretty good tell of exactly where we're going to finish because, uh, you know, we got to make sure that we we play well and get some momentum going into those last 10 or 15 games mm-hmm. there yeah for sure uh, just a last question for me cody really appreciate your time you know rory touched on it a bit there about see how you see the goaltending situation going you know a lot of coaches are trying to manage two maybe three goalies you know you've kind of had four around uh, the club you know talk about managing the people that are four different goalies first of all but also how you decide minutes and you know what's what, what all goes into that well, honestly, like we've put we put a lot of uh, emphasis on our practice habits and stuff, and, and I think that's kind of why we've we've seen a little bit of the fall off that we've seen here over the last few weeks. Is that you know we have a week of practice with five guys, um, you know, and then we have a week of practice with with guys who can who can hardly breathe, and I think that's probably why we saw the, the pace of play that we saw last week, where we weren't very quick and stuff like that, because that's the way we practiced. And so you know, managing managing goalies was a little bit to do with health. Um, a little bit to do with uh, who the hot hand was and stuff like that, and a little bit to do with uh, practice habits. And I think that, you know, teaching these young guys that, uh, you know, you, you can't, w- whether you're at a real job in the world or you're, uh, you're at a junior hockey practice, you're not, you're not going to perform well on game day if you don't prepare properly. It's, uh, you can almost guarantee that. So, um, you know, a lot of that is the onus has been put on the players. You, you guys tell us who's going to play. And uh, sure, I'm, I'm the guy that writes the name down at the end of the day but um you know the the practice habits and uh, you know habits away from the rink and stuff like that that's what that's really what dictates uh, you know who's who's going to go and, and in the end who's going to be successful Cody, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but there's something that's been going on in the air here that's called the SJ Weekly Bump. And when you're a guest <laughs> on the show, teams seem to have success afterwards. So you got four games left and just want to wish you the best of luck and hopefully continue the trend of the SJ Bump. Well, I hope uh, I hope that's true. So I hope that's true. So well, I guess my final question then for you, Cody, is uh, like Rory kind of mentioned, uh, four more games left, but it all starts on Friday against Kindersley. What do you expect from that matchup? Well, I think it's going to be a tough game. I don't think that uh, you know we've only played them once in Kindersley. Right. Um, you know, we we probably played pretty well for half that game, but we we looked like we were on the bus for five hours before that. But uh, you know, they're going to come in and and they've been good. They've been getting points, and you know, maybe they're uh, you know they're kind of like us a little bit right now, where they probably probably deserve a little more than uh, than what they've got. But they're getting points. They're getting overtime points. They're they're uh, pushing teams to you know for all they got there. So um, I, I expect a good effort from them. I expect their their goaltending to be good. And, uh, you know, they've got some young guys there now and a couple of trades and stuff too that are that are starting to score a little bit. And so, I mean, they're, they're not going to be, they're not going to be a, uh, an easy team either. I think that uh, you can say that about anybody right now. I think other than, uh, you know, even Battleford is, you know, they've been real good, but one to 12 right now is, is pretty tight. Yeah, for sure. There's no easy game in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Well, Cody, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it, and best of luck this weekend. Thanks, guys.
That is the head coach and general manager of the Weyburn Red Wings, Cody Mapes. And every coach's conversation is presented by the Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association. After the break, we will announce this week's Players of the Week. And we'll have a fun game ahead of the World Junior A Challenge, which starts on Sunday. This is SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. Welcome back to SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. It's Rory, Jamie, and Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining us on this uh, chilly Saskatchewan Monday. And I guess let's put a bow on that interview with head coach and GM of the Weyburn Red Wings, Cody Mapes. Um, obviously, a lot of change in the uh, the Weyburn Red Wings uh, roster as of late. But what did you guys make of that conversation? Um yeah, I think he's a coach that really believes his team is trending towards the, that playoff line. Mm -hmm. He knows that Ty Mason has skill. Uh, Mateo Turin, mm -hmm. six foot five centerman, that's a handful for mm -hmm. everyone. So Brandon Riley Morgan, right? It's a it's it's a wake up call that hey, we're not going anywhere. I think what they shown in Larange and against Humboldt, yes, he did mention that they allowed twelve <coughs> goals, but I, I do believe that they're trending upwards, and I think the coach is sending that belief into the locker room. Yeah, it's just completely different than last year, yes, right? right? Even though they may be in the same spot, really, right now in the standings. Like, he's looking at this year as a completely new thing than last year. He dealt everybody away last year. Like, that was a, a veteran guy, really. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's a move that is a guy that fits really, really well with Ty Mason in some ways. You bring in a guy to help another guy, too. And uh, so that line, you talked about it, Mason, Minna, or Mason uh, Morgan, and, um, and Turin, Turin there, what a line that is. That is legit. And, uh, yeah, very interesting to hear the difference in tone from this year when somebody who's from the outside has no idea not watching any of the games, just looking at the standings, could say it's the same deal. But uh, clearly it's not. Yeah, and actually just uh, finally to add to that uh, point with that new number one line for the Weyburn Red Wings, really adds a little bit of everything on that line. Oh, yeah. You have some size, you have some speed, you got some grit. Yeah. It's going to pay dividends. You'd have yeah, to think you have, waiver. exactly. I mean, a big six foot five sentiment. You got yeah. Ty Mason, who has sandpaper, can put yeah. the puck in the net as well. And Riley Morgan, who might be one of the best setup men in the SJHL. I mean, yeah. he's no slouch in putting the puck in the net, but his vision to put the puck into areas he knows his teammates are going 100%. to be is second to none. It's I really mean, good. His, his nickname in LaRange was Wheels. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So he might be the fastest. He could be fast, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's there you go. And I think Weyburn is happy to have uh, yeah. wheels yeah. in their lineup. Yeah. Well, it's time to announce this week's Players of the Week from the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And it's only fitting that we start with the SGU MVP of the Week. And we are sticking in Weyburn with Ty Mason. Five goals, two assists. Rory, you saw him on Saturday. Uh, he's playing some good hockey. Yeah, this we often say that, you know, if they win games – it really has a lot towards the criteria sure. of the MVP. Weyburn didn't, right? But Ty Mason was so good in terms of getting his team so close to winning that we had to give him the MVP. Mm. Five goals uh, in two games, was it? I believe five goals, two assists. Five, five goals, two assists in three games. In three games, three yeah, games, and yeah. seven points. So watch, watch him put together a lot of offense now that Riley Morgan and that top line is, is as dangerous as it is. Yeah, I think it's only one other time that we had a player named MVP, and that was when Zach Kane 
was named MVP yeah. that he had eight points in four games and their te- his team only went one and three. So yeah. it takes, like you mentioned, it takes a special performance yeah. uh, to say the least. Uh, moving on to Direct West Rookie of the Week. And he only played one game this week, Nugzi, but it was against the Notre Dame Hounds. And Cody Jamin was outstanding for Kindersley in their 2-1 shootout win. Yeah, well, the Notre Dame Hounds outshot Kindersley 19-1 to in the second oh. period and only scored one goal on those 19 shots. The Hounds only scored one goal in the game on 42 shots. And, uh, and yeah, Cody Jamin was spectacular. And on top of that, he stopped all nine Notre Dame shooters in the shootout. Mm-hmm. Like... I don't know. It was one of those nights where you see the other team's goalie or see the goalie. He's like, that guy's just not going to let him go. <laughs> and, the, and the one goal that Notre Dame scored was on a five-on-three on a funky bounce off the end boards that went right to Evan Vandenhoevel. So Cody Jamin looked like an absolute brick wall, so he deserves it. He was outstanding. I can picture you in intermissions calling games. You're just like, this guy's not going to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> pack, pack it What's up. going on, man? Pack it the goal, it's over. <laughs> but, yeah, you know what? Tucker and Abaday was awesome for Notre Dame, yeah. too, that night. So. <laughs> And uh, since Jamin's been picked up by the Kindersley Clippers, he's fourth in save percentage in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. He has been outstanding. Uh, Sticking with the goalies, we move on to Sastel Goalie of the Week. And surprisingly, this surprised me when I was uh, writing the article for SJHL.ca. But for the first time this year, Dawson Smith, uh, Sastel Goalie of the Week. We haven't had him yet? We haven't. No, we definitely haven't. No, we haven't. We haven't. Really? His teammate... Topher Chirico has been named goalie twice. <laughs> really? But that's uh, it, the consistency has been there for Dawson. Yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah. Uh, that it blows my mind. I know, it blew my mind too. <laughs> um, and he's on a six-game winning streak right now. Sure is. With five out of those six games, 930 save percentage or better. We mm-hmm. talked that LaRange gives up shot attempts. They do. Yeah. Um, and Dawson Smith, crazy. He's not been goalie I the know. week. So I know. Still dumbfounded <laughs> by it, but... He uh, undefeated this week. Yeah. You got, we talk wins and losses. He didn't lose once. Yeah. And LaRange keeps rolling once he's in the pipes. But he hasn't lost, what, what's this, since November 4th. He's, yeah. he's won nine been, of his last ten yeah, It's been over a month now yeah. since he's lost. It's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, and I think he's 13-4 and four on the season. Yeah. And if you have goaltending like that, you're mm-hmm. obviously going to win uh, a lot of hockey games. Finally, uh, Super U Defenseman of the Week and another team that's rolling, the Melford Mustangs. And uh, Kevin Minock had a goal and three assists for Melford yeah. this week, Nugsy. Yeah, he's a D-man with points in five of his last six games. Three of his last four have been multi-point games. Mm-hmm. Another uh, veteran D-man. You know what, a healthy Melford is a scary Melford, as we talked about. And i got to give Kevin Minock credit. I mean, he was a, uh, a Sherwood Park kid who you know, was signed and, and picked up by his hometown team in Sherwood there in the AJHL. And then dealt from his hometown team, and that's never easy. But he's, he came into Melfort last year and was was great with his uh, childhood buddy there, Ben Tkachuk. And uh, you know what? Uh, he's done. He's been fantastic for Melfort every game he's been healthy, and really. Uh, and so again, not not a surprise. He's been really good for Melfort this year. And a big reason why uh, the Melfort Mustangs really continue to get points. They have uh, points in their last eight games, six zero. And two. So in recap, SGU MVP of the week, Ty Mason of the Waver and Red Wings, five goals and two assists in three games. Uh, Direct West Rookie of the Week, Cody Jamin of the Kindersley Clippers. Of course, he had that 42 save win over the Notre Dame Hounds. Sastel Goalie of the Week, Dawson Smith of the LaRange Ice Wolves. He had three wins, made 88 saves combined in his three wins. And then Super U Defenseman of the Week, Kevin Minock of the Melfort Mustangs, with a goal and three assists in two <coughs> games. Now, the World Junior A Challenge kicks off 
on Sunday. We talked about it. Uh, Rory brought it up earlier on in the show. Uh, four players and one coach from the yep. Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League are uh, off to Ontario for the camp. And we thought it would be fun to put together our all-team Canada West teams, but only with SJHL players. Uh, you guys had a lot of players to choose from, and we stuck with the same rules. Yeah. Only five 2003-born players on each of your guys' teams. So we're going to run through their teams. We're going to clip it. We're going to put it on social media. And we're going to see who <laughs> had the better team, according to SJHL fans. So, uh, Nugsy, do you want to kick us off? And uh, we'll go through your team, and you can kind of give us the breakdown. Sure. Yeah, so, again, I think this team has a bit of everything. It has a lot of grit. Um, I think the thing that I went back and forth on more than anything was the goaltending situation. And I like Cam Hurdleka. He got the SJHL Finals experience. He's got the Centennial Cup. And uh, you know what? I think if this team went to Canada to, to the World Junior Challenge, mm -hmm. they would face a lot of rubber. And Cam Hurdleka has had to face a good amount of rubber this year in Estevan. So, you know, I think, you know, there's, there was great options. Dawson Smith, Josh Cote, the list goes on and on. But those guys, I think their team's in front of them. You know, the, these guys are... Uh, Cameron Licka is the biggest reason why Estevan, I think, is where they are. So, you know, I think, again, big game experience with Cameron Licka. Um, yeah, like a, a little bit of a little bit of everything. Some some guys that know each other, you know, there, Tremblay and Silvestri on a line. And a, a really underrated guy in the league, Jackson Allen, is a top six forward as an 0-4 on a very old, inexperienced yeah. Battleford forward mm -hmm. core. He's been, you know, done a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, so it's a good team. And, and you have the ultimate, ultimate shutdown D-man. Out there, Jared Sitch with a guy he plays with a lot in Vinny Palmarine uh, on Notre Dame. And like, I honestly, I'm not just being a homer by putting them up there. I think they're great. I think they're great together. You have the ultimate PP quarterback there in young Karsten Cater as well. And he's very familiar with playing with Noah Barlaghi. So a little bit of, of, of familiarity there. So I think there's a good amount of grit. I think there's enough goals. And uh, this team will block shots. We'll do whatever it takes to, to win. And um, yeah, so that's what I kind of went with, guys I, who I knew had big hearts. And I do like, I mean, you obviously went in the direction of having one of your 03s at, on, in the net right. and then two on the blue line, yeah. right? But it in turn actually made you omit one of the players that actually got invited to the World <laughs> Junior A Challenge in Ethan Zilke. Like, mm -hmm. it was one of the players that actually got invited and you omitted. So just an interesting omission. But yeah. I do think your, your back end and your goaltending situation benefits from it more uh, by keeping only 203 up front in your mm -hmm. forward unit. So before we get to Rory's team, when you look at your team now, is there an omission yeah. that you maybe would want to switch out? Two quick ones, two quick ones. Okay. The up front, I, uh, afterwards, uh, I was talking to somebody who, who, uh, who I trust. I was like, what do you think of this team? And, and he said, uh, you forgot Jag Pangura on Estevan. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I forgot Jag Pangura. Good size and skater, so I really like him. And then on the back end, like I've been flicking myself. Jordan Grill, the note local boy in Battlefords, he's probably like top four, a top pairing D-man on this team. So those are my two, like, got to flick myself and be like, oh, how'd they not make it? Was it Carl from Estevan that you were talking about? about I, I, cannot, I cannot <laughs> comment. Can't disclose. Can't disclose. <laughs> but Jag and, and Jordan Grill deserve to be That's right, on these yeah. teams. Well, there you have it. There is Jamie's all-SJHL Team Canada West team for the World Junior A Challenge. All right, Rory, you are up. Let's get Rory's team on the board, and you can break it down for us, Rory. Yeah, so I went a completely different route. I wanted more punch, more scoring. So I actually have four out of my five 
O3s up front on my forward unit. Uh, Holden Dole, Ethan Silky, Jeremy Trombley, who all got invited, along mm -hmm. with Zach Summers. He's no four, though. Uh, so I have all four that got invited <laughs> on my team. And then you get some familiarity there. You have Zilke with Tim Kim, who also Jamie had. You have Zach Summers with Riley Ashen on the 2006-born forward. Uh, Jackson Allen of the North Stars also makes it with Carter McKay and Dylan Ruptash. I think our fourth line was actually identical, is it not? Is Ruptash uh, on your fourth line? Or? Ruptash is up on with uh, Ash and the Melford boys. I had Liam Bridger, you the did, Newfoundlander. Yeah. From so I have line. just a little more Similar. experience up front with Zilke and Wills, mm -hmm. who weren't mm -hmm. on Nugsy's team. But on uh, what it does on the back end is that I can only pick 103, and I left off apparently the best shutdown D-man in the league, Jared Sitch. So yeah. more did it on purpose because I knew Nugsy would get a kick out of Further it. Further proving <laughs> his anti-Notre Dame tendencies. <laughs> well, Notre Dame already dislikes me. So, I mean, what's one more, right? I don't care. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I try to be professional and, uh, and do things as my like, as I actually believe, as opposed to getting at my coworkers. But, but I, I whatever, have, uh, you know, I, I did do it as I believe. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have consistency. You I got, like all these kids. I'm not. You, you look at team, you know, Team Canada when they had Chris Kunitz, who was he the best player? They left left off a bunch of players, but mm -hmm. he played so well with Sidney Crosby, right? Right. So I went for more consistency as well. Easton sure. Rask, Jordan Grill, both on the North Stars. Mm -hmm. Karsten Cater, Noah Barlogi, yep. both on Humboldt. You got a lot of pairings up front, and that did not allow me to put an 03 as a goaltender mm -hmm. so I have Cody Jamin who has a 923 yeah. save percentage and backed up by Daza Mitchell 204 mm -hmm. goaltenders but uh, I really like the balance and I definitely like the punch up front and then Silzer and Tanchuk I don't think you the, the size wise yeah. as a third shutdown pairing I think is pretty good so that's my team yeah I like it well I think when I was uh, typing these up for our graphics people I think I did the math and it was you guys had 10 out of 12 of your forwards were the exact same, and there was a few changes, but your guys' blue lines were a little different. Obviously, yeah. two different goaltenders yeah. for each team. I mean, with both of your starting goaltenders, though, both of them faced a lot of rubber, so I think mm -hmm. both, uh, both are the case. I guess to follow up, Rory... Who would be an omission from your team? That Jake Pangura. Yeah. It was the guy, yeah. I was yeah. like, I, can't, I want him on there so bad, but I, I didn't know how to take off. And so that's the one omission. And I also, I, I did not talk to Carl about it, but yeah, Jake, Jake, Jake Pangura is the guy. Is the omission well, the I thing think. is, when you do something like this, there's always going to be omissions. The O3s were the hardest to only pick five, right? Where do you want your right. your, your oldest players to be structured on mm -hmm. your team? And, and I should say, like, I I have a huge opinion of Ethan Zilke. Like, you I would take your tracks. I, You're no, good. <laughs> I honestly would take him on like any team. I just thought I wanted to kind of balance my O3s through the roster. Yes. I think my roster needed a, a bit more offense with Tremblay over Zilke. It was between those two, and I think Tremblay's like a little bit more offensive than Ethan Zilke. And Holden Dole, like he just you could have had them all. Had to be there. No, like you, I could have. <laughs> we were in charge yeah. of our own team. <laughs> That's right. you but uh, you just were sort of balancing yeah. it all out Crazy. again. Like I, th I love Ethan Zilke. I think he's a winner. Um, it would have, yeah, not, not a shot at him. Just, you know, it, it was a fun exercise. Well, when you have a goalie that's an 03, you got to take one out somewhere. Yeah, right? exactly. That was that's it. it. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So we're going to, we're definitely going to clip this and we're going to put yeah. it on social media and we'll see. I have not fared well in these polls. I have, I think it has to do because Nugsy has more followers than me. I don't have, I don't think it has anything to do with the actual, with the, with who's a better team, but. <laughs> But I'm going to put that out there. That and I, then we'll, every time I go up against him on social media, fair. I do not win the poll. Fair. Well, we'll revisit it. Yeah. You uh, are what the standings say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bill Parsons. Sure. Well, sure. we'll revisit this next week, and uh, we'll see what the fans think of your guys' voter bias out there. Ross, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but this week in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, all kicks off 
uh, tomorrow night with two games. So let's get right into it. Uh, the Kindersley Clippers will kick off three games and four nights, I do believe, on the road. And they take on the Estevan Bruins at Affinity Place. And then the Nipwin Hawks, who have won three games in a row, they stay at home and they take on the Yorkton Terriers. We talked about how big those matchups are between those teams in the bottom half of the standings. Oh, there's another one between uh, Yorkton and Nipwin. That's a big one. And then on Wednesday... The Kindersley Clippers and Estevan Bruins will meet once again. You guys will hang out at the EPA as the Humboldt Broncos face the Notre Dame Hounds. And then look at that in the middle. The Battle for North Stars take on the LaRange Ice Wolves at the ACC, a battle of the two top teams right now uh, in the SJHL. What a way to kick off the week. Yeah, 100%. One thing that I'm, I'm going to look at are the teams that lost players to the World Junior A Challenge. How big of an impact yes. will that be? Zach Summers, we mentioned, has 17 points in the last seven mm -hmm. games, including 11 goals. Mm -hmm. Ken Melfort, you know, produced the same offense with him out of the lineup. Mm -hmm. Trombley, not in Flynn Flock. Dole, their top centerman and second place in SJHL scoring, not in the lineup, mm -hmm. right? Also, their coach, not there, yes. right? So, so Gary Childerhose is going to have to take over as yep. well. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I'm looking at. And the other aspect is Nipwin. We saw what they did against teams that they wanted to be close to them. Mm -hmm. Well, that schedule now has Battlefords, Battlefords, and LaRange this week. So can the Hawks continue that? Mm. Yeah, a very busy time for the Hawks. Maybe. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I mean, hey, you, like, uh, you talk to Braden Klamosko about his team, and you talk to uh, Kevin Kaminsky about his team, they're kind of similar, right? Like, they're all about the guts and the determination and the heart, and those two teams play with such fire in their bellies. Like, if you can get out to the ACC to watch that, worth the price of admission and last thing I'll say is I know we're running short on time if there is an assistant coach that I feel could just jump right in oh, sure. and oh, be the yeah. head coach of a 100%. team today I'm sure there are a lot there are a lot but Gary Childerhose is the top of my list so I think Battlefords would be just fine yeah yeah, and of course, we encourage you to go out to your local rinks and check out. There's a lot of great games uh, this week in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. But of course, if you can't, you can catch all the action on Hockey TV. Subscriptions only $29.99 a month. Uh, great value, and you can catch every game in the SJHL. Now, before we go, though, we have some uh, big news to announce. We, uh, it was a great job by uh, Director of Marketing uh, for the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, Jacob Faith, a new promotion a new raffle coming to the SJHL. If the guys in the back could hit the graphic, there it is. Wow, the uh, nice brand too. new uh, raffle. You can head to sjhlraffle.ca. And the new pro the prize is that side-by-side -side right there on the screen. Now, in that photo right there, there isn't the, wrap, the proper wrap on it. But get ready to see the wrap. It is a beautiful custom Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League oh, wrap man. that's going to be wrapped all over it. As you can see, there's the pricing for the tickets. There is only 5,000 available, and tickets are available now at sjhlraffle.ca. Would make a great Christmas present well. or nice raffle tickets, as you can see. And, you know, tickets will be the deadline for or the draw date is April 27th tickets until April 23rd. But that's if there is tickets available because yeah. there's only 5,000. So be sure to get your tickets fast. I could see Nugsy ripping that around Wilcox, Saskatchewan before the Notre Dame. I could games, too. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Grab your tickets for sure. What would you guys do with a side by side? Uh, I'd have I'd have some fun with it. It'd be a it'd be a nice toy to add. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> to rip it around Humble. As someone who's been stuck in ditches in Wilcox, uh, <laughs> this would be for you. That would be, be a great yeah. way to not get stuck in mm -hmm. ditches. There you go. Well, all the details for the uh, Polaris side by side raffle can, of course, as you can see on the screen, 
be found at sjhlraffle.ca. Big shout out uh, to Polaris for coming on board with the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League for this new raffle. And while we're at it, we have to give a big shout out to all of our sponsors in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Cantera Seeds, RBC, SaskTel, SGU, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Tourism Saskatchewan, Young's Equipment, and of course, uh, Saskatchewan Lotteries, who puts on our, uh, our recaps as well for the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support. And again, uh, if you want to check out and get more information on the raffle draw, be sure to head to sjhlraffle.ca. If you want to stay up to date with everything in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, subscribe to our YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is growing and so is the content on it. More and more content each and every day. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. For Rory McGoran, Jamie Nugenbauer, my name is Jeremy Corrigan, and this has been another great episode of SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms.